There comes a moment in time when your life absolutely changes and your whole life trajectory changes. For me, it was August of 2018 when I hopped onto LinkedIn out of all platforms. Even though this may sound like an insignificant change in the grand scheme of things, it has absolutely changed my life. It's allowed me to start my business, get clients, get mentors, get coaches, and more importantly, get connected with really amazing human beings. One of those amazing human beings is my buddy, Jake Bajorseth, down in Kansas City. He's the founder of Trendsetters Media, a Gen Z-focused media agency, really adapting to current trends of 2021 and beyond. So I've known Jake uh, since the later part of 2018 when I hopped on LinkedIn. He was one of the only other young creators I found on the platform, really, really, really utilizing the platform to the most of its uh, capabilities. So again, I've, I've been connected with Jake for a while, and I finally had the pleasure to fly down to Kansas City to meet up with him in person at the end of 2020. So this is the chat from then. We talked all about entrepreneurship, Gen Z, what it's like being a young founder, the stresses that come along with this journey, and everything else in between. So hope you enjoy. Hey, what's up, everyone? Jake and Sam here in Kansas City. Sam flew down. We're going to be filming content all weekend. Today, wanted to touch base on a few topics that, that are both like on our radar. We always probably chat about them one-on-one, but probably don't share with others. So with that in mind, we'll kind of dive right into things. So the first one that we're always talking about is kind of like, you know, what we're learning along the way, how we can prevent future roadblocks ahead, um, and details within that. So for you thus far, being in the entrepreneurship game for what, like two, three years, yep. right? Yeah. So with that in mind, what is, if you had to boil down to just one, what is like the number one learning lesson that you've taken away from your experience thus far? Yeah, that's pretty like controversial, but I think speed is way more important than direction. And I hear a lot of people say direction is more important than speed. Um, and when I was first starting out, if I tried to map out the, my perfect situation of where I am now, uh, rewind two, two and a half years ago, there's no way I would know what to do right now. Yeah. There's no way I would know that direction. So it's impossible for me to really spend as much time as I needed to map out that certain direction. So I just chose to execute and test a lot of different things. So I tried to move really quickly to see, okay, what direction do I actually want to want to move towards in the future? And I think that's something a lot of people uh, people underestimate when first starting out. They love planning and they love yeah. overanalyzing without actually executing. So I think your your plans will change no matter what. So that's why I think speed is so much more important than direction to actually yeah. go out and test, fail, and learn. Yeah, I'd agree with that as well because I think it ultimately comes down to, um, you know, with, with the direction, it's so linear, step by step, or whatever. But the reality is, like, you as an individual are still growing, especially being on the younger side of things and, and just new to the business world, I'd say for myself, probably the number one learning lesson would be setting very specific goals and personally, along with the business goals that exist. Sometimes what I find in other entrepreneurs or companies for that matter is you have like your personal goals of where you want to get to. So then you kind of work or build a business around those personal goals a little bit to help you get there. But then the business, you set a different set of goals that don't really map. And maybe your goal within the business is simply like revenue and profit per head and working with these brands and doing this, that, and the other. Uh, whereas in your personal goal, that, that might not map accordingly, right? Like 
maybe your number one goal in the business is increasing revenue, but maybe your personal goal is you want to build your character and get experience and whatever, those are misaligned. So they're not really aligned. And, and something that was probably something that I struggled with of, of not really aligning my goals in both arenas where my goal personally has always been improving my character and skill set and capabilities. Whereas within the business, I would almost like sacrifice that or would not focus on that because I'd be so focused on like growing the company. But then I realized, wait, my goal here is not to like grow the company and then go for an exit or, or, or just drive a ton of revenue so then I can retire early or something of that nature. It's, it's actually to do this other thing. So now I've kind of realigned and remapped. That isn't to say, you know, you ignore the traditional business goals, but I think people need to map m those goals more specific to like who they are and where they want to go or else you're going to get to the point where you have like your, I mean, some people call it a midlife crisis. To me, it's just like that moment of realization where you're like, wait, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I want to avoid getting to that point because the more I think I can continue working and having those aligned, I think the better. How did you find that alignment? Was there any like point in time when you realized like, again, uh, you, you mentioned best, like just came to that realization of, okay, my personal goals and my professional business goals aren't aligned. Here's what I'm going to do to really get them back aligned. Yeah. I think when I noticed that, was when I was probably, and it may have been when I was a partner in Social Apex, it may have been like early trendsetters days, probably somewhere within that period. Um, and I'm, I probably had that realization multiple times and had to iterate, but it was likely when I was spread thin on client work and not being a great leader because I'm stressed out and starting to, no, this was the moment. Mm -hmm. When I was working 12, 14, 15 hour days or whatever, and I started like skipping the gym or something to work mm. or I stopped or I would turn down like going on a date with a girl because I wanted to work. And when that started happening, I was like, wait a second, is this the person I want to become like an absolute workaholic? And, and, you know, and then, uh, um, you know, someone posed that question to me of like, Jake, are you actually like, is this who you want to be? Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I don't. I don't know why I'm doing this because I, you know, you just get into that position where like, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. So then this works. So then it can work for me personally, but you really have to marry the two and it can't be one or the other, because if you're not operating at your 100%, the business isn't going to operate at its 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you find yourself? Cause I, I know you were like, like later half of 2018 going into 2019. Like I know you mentioned like 2018 new year's was super shitty for you. Yes. I think. Oh, like yes. you were, you were pretty alone. You were just <laughs> working your ass off. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and now fast, fast forward a, a year and a half, two years, whatever it is now, um, you're in a way different place. you you have a crazy team around you. And I think you have like a lot more, like, I, I guess looking in from the outside, you have a lot yeah. more just support from, from a team standpoint. Definitely. How has like that like impacted you from being like, not not completely solopreneur, but like small small team grinding 14, 15, 16 hour days and really yeah. not knowing anything else versus where you are now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost night and day. And what's crazy is your notion is to believe if you're inside that kind of hustle culture that your output is so much better. But really, if you just build the right systems and processes, you can outperform that pretty quickly and then just having the right people in place. So, yeah, I mean, I'll never forget like that new year would have been becoming 2019. I was literally alone in my really shitty apartment that was awful. My roommate was like probably definitely selling drugs on the side, like awful setup. It was disgusting. And I remember 
I woke up that morning at 7 a.m. or got into the office at 7 a.m. and worked till probably 10 p.m. Then came home, and I remember like it was 11 o'clock and I was sleeping, and I was gonna sleep through through New Year's. I I didn't even like necessarily know it was New Year's. Like it ha- that had not crossed my mind, right? And then my roommate comes home at like 11:30 and he's like, "What are you doing, man?" And I remember just like getting up out of bed, and the clock is hitting midnight. And he, he pours me just champagne and like a little sippy, like a little tiny plastic cup. And I'm like drinking champagne. I'm tired and like don't even know what's going on. We're just watching on the TV and I'm in this shithole apartment. And I'm like, what am I doing right now? Like I just worked my ass off to then drink piss champagne uh, on New Year's of which I didn't even know was happening. It's not to say that like the goal of working is to get to that level, but I'm like, I'm not even enjoying life right now. Like this is rough. And so... You know, ever since then, it's been a concerted effort to continually get more of the right team members on and to continue focus on developing myself because I'm such a believer now that you won't get what you want and where you want to go until you're ready for it. Yeah. And so now I see it as like my job is not to grow the business so then my character can develop this way. My job is to develop my character this way so then the business will grow in this way that I don't even know yet. I like that. It's totally changed per- perceptions. And kind of with that in mind, you know, on the note of like changing perceptions, as we've seen, the average end audience really change their thoughts around LinkedIn. Yeah. I mean, imagine like where it was even two years ago when we, we really got into it or maybe three. Yeah. Um, what has that evolution looked like and where do you see things going next, if any particular direction? Yeah, LinkedIn is super interesting. I hopped on in late 2018, so about a, like exactly a year after they launched video. And that's, that's really the platform that helped me evolve the most personally, professionally. It, it really has changed my life. So at, at the start, it's, we see a lot of similarities between end of 2018 to even 2017 LinkedIn to now as mm-hmm. far as organic reach the community you can actually build and it's just a completely different mindset that people uh, have on LinkedIn versus yeah. any other platform and I think that is the characteristic that will hold true to LinkedIn and will always be fairly professional yeah you will always be able to treat it as a networking event whether um, yeah wh- whether it's fucking 2018 2019 2020 um, and that's something you can't really say with like TikTok or yeah. uh, or Instagram well, I see it as literally the opposite of Twitter. Twitter seems yeah. to be like bashing people, really negativity, and LinkedIn seems to be positive, uplifting. Let's, let's uplift let's, each other. Let's, let's connect, grow together. Let's, yeah. let's meet up. Like it, w- without LinkedIn, we wouldn't be sitting. I know. Right now. Isn't that crazy? And that's yeah. that's wild. Just really thinking back to all of the iterations and like different content creators we we've met along the way. Like that has never happened over any other platform. Yeah, for, yeah. for me personally, yeah. obviously, other people have like other platforms have changed their lives. But yeah, LinkedIn is just a great networking opportunity, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that will hold true for the test of time as long as LinkedIn's around or until something else comes about. As far as the future of LinkedIn, um, we're definitely going to see more content being pushed on yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah. They're, they just introduced LinkedIn stories in Australia. Um, so I think that feature... If it does well, I think it'll be super interesting to compete against kind of like Instagram stories. It's not going to take over Instagram stories, but we will definitely see more creativity from a LinkedIn content standpoint. Mm-hmm. And how can you show company culture within those stories and go, go live on, on LinkedIn when everyone can go live on LinkedIn? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think just uh, LinkedIn will just develop more <clears throat> and more into a content platform. Yeah. Um, I don't exactly know what it would it'll look like in one, two, three, four years, but yeah. definitely definitely the organic reach, the community, that'll always kinda like stay true, I think. 
Yeah, I think that continues to hold. And I think how it evolves is, like you said, into more, like more and more of a content platform, which you've obviously seen that shift. I also think it becomes a more important B2B business asset. Yeah. Um, where I think businesses are going to leverage that more and really understand that, you know, not only from a connecting with others and, and prospecting potential clientele or partners, but also recruiting talent. Like it's yeah. an incredible platform for doing things of that nature. And I think that's how it will continue to evolve because for myself, I have a very negative view on the current like hiring process and how that works mm-hmm. of like, you know, resume and then this and whatever. And to me, it's like when we're in our hiring process now at Trendsetters, the first thing I do when someone sends in an application is I go check their LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And if they're creating content around like what they're interested in, passionate in, that already tells me that they know how to create, they know how to tell a story. And that's like two cornerstones of, of working here. And I think that's a cornerstone of anywhere. And I, I think that should be kind of the new horm- norm in the, in the hiring process. So I think it's going to change how we approach jobs and how we approach like opportunities. And ideally for the better. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's a definitely an evolving world. It's a changing world. And um, that kind of touches on like personal brand. Like every, yeah. Gary says it best, but everyone has to position themselves and look at themselves like a media company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, they like people can work in a big agency, but like we, we just called Sarah, Sarah Gross yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Like she built a crazy personal brand and then got a crazy opportunity at, at Mute 6 right now. And that's mm-hmm. a perfect example of uh, carrying your past experience. You're creating a ton of content. Uh, then that opportunity finds you. Yeah, so yeah. just because you don't want to start your own business or be a, be an entrepreneur or be a solopreneur, um, I know we were talking about entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurship yeah, say, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yesterday um, and being like an entrepreneur within a company. So same thing goes with personal brand. You can have a personal brand and still be an employee. That perfectly yeah. coincides if the employer allows you to obviously if you're talking big corporate corporate uh fortune 500 uh, there's a lot of red tape well i think that's a major concern that we probably definitely need to address and brands need to get behind because you know it makes a lot of sense they're fearful that their employers are going to go create content build their personal brand focus on that more and then they have so much leverage in their employment process Whereas I see it as it's, it's kind of the, it, it, it's almost the opposite. And something that we've always done is always encouraged all of our team members to post content on LinkedIn. And, and one that like really even popped off on the platform now, like doesn't even work with us. Yeah. And I'm sure he's using it to now, you know, drive his new venture, right? But to me, it's like, that's not a lost cause because it was beneficial in the short term. It's yeah. going to be beneficial for him in the long term. So I think employers need to be less fearful when allowing their employees to create and share their stories and experiences and, and, and show really the guts of the company because what they need to realize is there's so much more positive that outweigh the negative of it. I mean, the negative of it is they're spending work hours building their LinkedIn. That's not really driving revenue to the company directly, like in that action, and then they go and leave and now they still have that tool. But, but, but to me, I think it's no different than the contacts they make or the emails yeah. that they get or the clients that they manage or anything of that nature. So I don't understand necessarily the difference. And I think that is a shift in B2B that has to change. I think we need to let employees be a lot more entrepreneurial and have their own personal brands and, and go do the things they want to do. Because I see it as like, if not, then they're going to leave anyway. Yeah. No, I, I agree. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah. And so when it comes to social media, Content, yep. Podcast, yep. Video, audio, whatever you name it. 
there's so much advice out there and we could talk about just LinkedIn for another three hours and all the nuances of that. We could talk about Instagram, TikTok, we could talk about video, we could talk about podcast, but for someone that isn't in those arenas, not familiar with that space, yep. but they're getting blasted by all this content consistently. What is some sort of simple tactical advice you could give to a business or personal brand that allows them to at least have that foundational understanding. So then all this advice and free information out there actually makes sense. Because to me, when I see a lot of it and I see the response, mm -hmm. it's almost like, you know, this is calculus three and we haven't taken pre-calculus yet. And yeah. if you haven't, you don't have the foundation yet to understand this. And, and you're maybe trying to utilize that advice, but if you don't have the fundamentals down, you know, where are you going? So for you, what are the fundamentals of a business or a personal brand getting into that, that realm of either content, social, podcast. To me, it's kind of all one and the same and, and should be leveraged together. But is there any like fundamental advice you'd say? Yeah, I think it starts with the, the mindset and understanding what the goals are. Mm -hmm. So my, my personal goal to build my personal brand is, yes, it's, it's the personal side. I want to reach people with, with my message, but then I also want to uh, fuel business results from that as well. Mm -hmm. So I think the, the whole notion of like you, you need to look at yourself like a personal media company. Mm -hmm. I think once you make that switch and realize if I can make connections with you and 100 other people at a networking event, that's awesome. A lot of business professionals understand the value of networking events. Mm -hmm. So I think the easiest comparison to make is, hey, treat online, treat social, treat podcasts, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever it is, as just online networking events. And I think once you wrap your wrap your mind around, oh, that that's the opportunity. You, you never know who's going to that networking event, mm -hmm. and you never know who's going to comment on your post. So it's this very similar thing, and that's definitely helped me kind of shift my mindset around that. So I guess once you have that covered, that's kind of like the foundation of it. Yeah, but then yeah. when you're actually digging into the nuance of creating content, there's so much information out there. Yeah. Uh, Gary, Gary released a 64-page deck uh, to or a 120-page deck, whatever it is, to create all of that content. So mm -hmm. that can get super overwhelming, though. So I think uh, identify what you are best at, like as far as communication. How do you communicate best? Mm -hmm. Some people are amazing writers. Then, okay, maybe you should write LinkedIn articles and LinkedIn text posts, and that's completely fine that you don't do video. But maybe you can't write and you don't want to show your face. Maybe podcast is awesome, mm -hmm. so you can just do audio. So I think the second, I guess second, uh, maybe like a three-step process. First is like understanding why personal brands are important yeah, yeah. and to treat yourself like a media company. Second step is identify how you communicate the best. And third, identify your, like, what, you wanna, what you wanna talk about. It doesn't need to be just limited to one thing, but say you're a, you're a SaaS business. Um, identify Google, what's the top 100 questions that SaaS businesses get? Yeah. And then can you answer 20 of those? Cool. Then have, have a coworker, have a um, founder, a, an employee, just solo, talk about it for 20 minutes on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Put that out there. So I think that's that's some tactical advice you can kind of start implementing, and obviously <laughs> we can go deeper to that. But I think on, on the surface, that's like my one, two, three punch. Yeah, and I, I think that's the right punch because I think you start where it matters most, which is what are the actual goals. Yeah. I see a lot of people getting into content, and then they say, you know, it, uh, social media doesn't work or influencer marketing doesn't work or, you know, creating content, it just doesn't work. But if you go into it and you expect, you know, you to just throw some piece of content out there and that's going to yield results, it doesn't really make sense. And I think what people forget oftentimes 
is putting themselves in the shoes of the actual end consumer who is viewing that and, and checking out and clicking on it. So often I see people clearly just creating content that they themselves probably wouldn't even read mm. or wouldn't even watch. And I think that's when it creates a, uh, a problem kind of in the market. And so you really need to have a consumer-centric approach when you go into it and, and focus a lot less on you and a lot more the end consumer, react accordingly. And that's the other thing that I don't think happens as much, which I would add is almost step four to your process, which is social listening and engaging your community and mm -hmm. really looking at the qualitative feedback that happens there and then making note of that and then you know addressing it. So that's something that I think is missed across the board, especially by brands. You know, We have such a rigid insights, concepting, pre-production, production, post-production, post -production, push, push to social, to influencers, to ads, review the data and analyze, then go back in. Never along the way in a traditional advertising or, or marketing model do we include in there qualitative insights from those posts. We're just looking at the engagement numbers because there's mm -hmm. so many. We're not looking at the comment that you know, asked, you know, we're a watch brand. They asked us if our watches had this one feature that they were interested in mm -hmm. and their comment got 85 likes. We should probably go ahead and not just respond right there. We should respond with a video and hop in, hop in on it. So I think that's where, uh, that, that's probably another piece that's completely missing from the equation. And, and really what that boils down to is just having a consumer-centric approach. If you're focused on yourself and your business outcomes more than you are actually providing advice and value and insight to other, other individuals, then it's always going to skew in that direction and it's not going to work. You know, it's mm -hmm. going to a party and spending the whole time just talking about yourself. Yeah. You can be the coolest guy in the world, but at a certain point, shut up and ask other people some questions. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, it, um, that's perfect. Um, it it reminded me of one of my, like, first, very first clients. He was like, he always said, if you want to be interesting, be interested in other people. Yeah. I resonate yeah. with that so much. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's advice that I think is, is outlined in How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie and, mm. and others. And I think, uh, I think that takes on what I would call step five in the process. Now, it looks like we're building a step-by-step -step process now. <laughs> I promise we're not. But um, step five in that process which would be going out and engaging with others yeah. and not just looking at your, your direct competitors, but looking at like, you know, for instance, let's say, um, you know, let's say we provide, uh, you know, we do this thing for the vegan community and we're a brand in that space and we push content to them and they love it. And we're on step four and we're listening and we're, we're acting accordingly. Well, step five of the process, what I'd look at is I'd go look at the content they're posting. I look at what is our community talking about mm. outside of just vegan culture, outside of that what is just a one demographic split. Now, for some individuals, vegan might take up 15% of their life because it's a very talked about subject. Mm -hmm. But for something like, hey, we're a, we're a B2B SaaS business that, that only helps companies that need support with SMS marketing. That's it. That's such a small subset that probably takes up 0.01% of that person's time and energy outside of work. So what are they talking about in the 99.9% .9 of their time? Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? And how can we map to that? Oh, mm -hmm. we see a correlation between, you know, the 40-year-old the, the men that we sell to who have a tech background and their interest in, you know, uh, extreme sports, for instance. Mm -hmm. Well, now let's share content around that because you don't just have to share content around what you do and what your product is and what your service is. It can be anything that serves your community. It can be more well-versed. And we see that in other arenas. What we don't see that in is like B2B or with like consumer brands, you know. Mm -hmm. A consumer brand typically is only going to talk about themselves. They're not going to do other things. But 
really when you make that pivotal shift to become more of a media player, you can do so because you're just providing value and insight to your community with your spin on it. It's not necessarily, you know, you, uh, you having to just only talk about your product and service, which frankly can be pretty boring for a lot of people listening right now. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, okay. you, you create a bunch of content. Mm-hmm. You talk a bunch. Yep. You listen a bunch. Yep. What are some things that you have never shared online, maybe about your past, about pack, past work history, um, anything that has really shaped who you are today, but no one really knows about it? That's an incredible question. So, because I really do talk about way too much, <laughs> and I share everything. Uh, some people don't know that I, I, I shatter my jaw, and that's the reason why I got into it, but... Then I was on a podcast last week, and that was, like, part of the intro, and he asked me about it, and I was like, I don't know how you – like, good research. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, the other would be, you know, I started Trendsetters in high school when we were initially a Snapchat company. Um, I think, you know, another interesting one would be I do – I have had that corporate experience, not, like, in a full-time position, but uh, through internships and things of that nature – and so, you know, I've worked at Cerner, one of the biggest companies in Kansas City, and I was an intern there and supporting their marketing efforts. Uh, I actually did that when I was in high school as well. It was a hybrid. I would go to class for like three hours and then there the rest of the day. Um, and then also interned with a startup, so I got a lot of experience in that realm. So I had a lot, lot more going into it. I did spend a year at college, and it, mm. it wasn't like I failed out of college or anything. I just literally was like the business took off and I didn't go back. Yeah. So I think this this term like dropout can imply like you failed out of school or like you didn't get in. Um, when in reality, I just left, you know. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the business was just taking off. So um, I think another thing would be maybe my philosophy around education. So a lot of people think that because I'm so anti college myself that that I'm anti college or other systems for everyone. Now at a macro level, when we think about like you know, the, the future of humanity. Am I against the current education model? Yes. And if you're not, then you're against progress. Like that's just, you yeah. know, the, the reality of things. It, it, it's like, it's like if I were to say like, are you, uh, are you okay with our current like food system? You're like, well, we have some healthy options. So yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah but it could be a lot better. Yeah. And same with education. But in the short term, you know, I come across individuals all the time where I do recommend them going to some sort of form of education because simply I don't think there's alternatives out there right now that, uh, that that could serve well and for them. And I don't think entrepreneurship is the right route. I, I think one of the biggest problems right now is like we're seeing people, they either think they have to go to school and then get a job or they be, become an entrepreneur. And there's so much more middle ground that we don't talk about. Like mm-hmm. there's trade schools for one. There are, I mean, you can go get, you can go take all the Facebook courses that they have on, all, on running their ads and go get a job just through those certificates. You can do the same thing with Google. You can go learn a CS program uh, within computer science online and then go get a job. And they have like schools for stuff like that, but yeah. those are largely ignored. So I don't think people understand that. Um, maybe they don't understand my, I guess maybe perspective on like where I want to take trendsetters and where it's going to go, but that's probably a larger can of worms that's... That's probably the reason why. But that's all, that's all I'd say right now. How about yourself? Is there anything that you're like, I have not shared this? And it's quite difficult to really think about, right? Yeah. I, I just haven't really talked about, like, what I did, like, prior to video. Yeah. Like, yeah. I tested probably I don't even know. Like, six, I found seven, out a little bit yesterday. Yeah, like, but, I tested, like, six, seven different ventures before geez. landing on video. That, Walk us through those. Walk all, us through those. That all pretty much failed. Um, yeah, I got into... Um, what was the first? 
first was, oh, I was actually involved in a startup. It was called The Bridge. A local entrepreneur came in, that was my junior year of high school, yeah. came into my business class and just pitched this essentially like innovation summer camp idea for business people, mm-hmm. um, business students and stuff. So I was interested in that. Um, got involved with that. Um, he hit me back up like six months later saying, like, yo, we're kind of launching. Do you want to be a part of the team and stuff? And I'm like, yeah, this, this sounds cool. Um, worked on that for, for a little bit. And that was kind of like my first real world like business startup yeah. experience. Where's the bridge now? It not, not yeah. existed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just, he went through a bunch of bunch of pivots and stuff, and now he's he's working on a few few other projects. Cool. Um, but that was kind of like the very first iteration of of that. He got me connected to a bunch of people. I was big into like cryptocurrency and like forex trading at the time. Was that too. second? That was probably second. Yeah. Uh, and you treat those as one and the same? Forex and crypto. Kind of. I, I was more so risky into, investing. Into, we'll just put it under yeah, that. <laughs> it was stupid. Um. I, and oh fuck that. I that wasn't even first. Like there's so many. Iterations. I what about like e-commerce or something? E-commerce. I, I went into, Everyone's tried e-commerce. I went yeah. into like drop shipping a little bit. I tried. I took Ty Lopez's social media course a while ago. Yeah. Returned it within like fourteen days or whatever. Yeah. Um, tried to launch my own uh, like social media marketing company. That was probably like early junior year. Mm-hmm. I also tried to launch my own like personal finance company because I was super personal big into, finance. Yeah, okay, I was yeah. Super big into like investing and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was gonna get like my. Whatever uh, series C seven or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. Um, series seven license to sell stocks and mutual funds and uh, ETFs and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I I was I was gonna go into that initially. Oh my god. So that's like, like there's the opposite of content. There, yeah, there's yeah. so <laughs> many iterations. I wanted to be like a personal finance person. Yeah. Like yeah. A financial advisor and stuff. So you are always doing things and trying them out and so much. So let me ask you, within those ventures though, when did you know like this isn't for me or this sucks? Yeah. Um, I threw threw money at it. I did it each of them for probably th- two, three, four months mm-hmm. and realizing I don't want to do this. Whether yeah, it's like yeah. I just lost interest. I was <clears> like, I can't see myself going any further with this. Um, real estate was a really good example. I took a bunch of like courses. I learned about it. I was going to get my certificate on like my 18th birthday. I need to be yeah. 18. And I'm like, eh, I, I can't see myself yeah. progressing in, in this field. So I've like, I've tested so much shit before video that I just haven't really dug yeah. into um, mm-hmm. that people don't know people are like oh you just kind of got into video you test a few things before because I, I do talk about it a little bit yeah. but yeah the, the actual depth of how fucking how much I was testing like my junior senior year of high school mm-hmm. it's it's unreal yeah and I think that's one of the biggest struggles for people not 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 even entrepreneurs but like people young in the career is what is the moment where you have to decide for either um, you know persistence Versus like jump ship. Yep. And, you know, what is that realization point? How do you self-analyze there? Because I see a lot of the time people jump ship too early yeah. when they should have stuck with it. Yep. And then the opposite side, like they stick with something and they're, they're pretty much running in circles. So yeah. to you, like how, how, would you, how would you define that in terms of like knowing when? Yeah. And you're never going to know. A- but. Everyone, everyone's different. I'm super intuitive. So I just know it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stop this. Yeah, so, yeah. so again, I can't give an awesome black and white example for every person because everyone's risk tolerance is the same i'm i don't get attached to things very easily so mm-hmm. i'm like okay this isn't working i'm gonna pivot i'm gonna pivot i'm gonna pivot that's almost what i like wrap my identity around 
And I'm like, I, I just have a really good ability of just testing a lot of different things, not being romantic about that one thing, mm-hmm. and just moving really quickly. That's why I said speed is so much more important than direction when you're first starting out. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. if you're established, you, you're running, like, yes, direction is, is more important than speed eventually. Mm-hmm. But when you're starting out, like, test so much. And that's what I really, really, like, honed in on. And I think people, people test without a backup plan, too too much like at at the start i was doing all of that while still in high school and still working probably 30 40 50 hours a week yeah yeah designing snow parks and baseball fields and i love that and that's something i haven't really talked too much about but Mm -hmm. i was doing all of that all of what i just mentioned on the back end of that so i was still having like some 16 17 year old income coming in at eight nine ten bucks an hour so i could invest some of that money all into the startup so yeah like, and I think that's so important because I think some people think uh, you have to burn the boats before you can create the colony. Yeah. When, in, in in reality, that's just simply not true. Now, I certainly do believe in this notion of like when your back is against the wall, you're going to perform a little bit better. Totally. But I think there's a way to also supplement it to make sure you're not going to die, pretty much, uh, or miserably fail. Right? Like yeah. you can kind of cut your losses. So, for for me, like in in that same example, you know, I. Uh, I was always working on trendsetters while in college. And then yeah. in May of 2018, I just started going hard at it. By July, two months into it, we were featured on the uh, several news stations and live TV and all these other things. And we had big companies hitting us up and we had paying clients, paying us thousands of dollars a month for our services. And, um, you know, we're, we weren't making enough money to cover like the cost of the core team now, but then it was more than enough. And so at that point, then I decided to drop out. It wasn't like yeah. I dropped out. Then I went full-time into it. Um, but it's, it's kind of one and the same where you definitely have to – what I'm always fearful of when people build backup plans is that that backup plan is going to hinder them from going all in on their mm. number one because some people, they get motivated by fear a lot more than they do opportunity. So I think it's just important how you set up that backup plan and then how you visualize – both in case scenarios because and, and and you probably know this well we know a lot of people that are getting into this thing s- kind of like maybe thinking about or starting this whatever in reality they're not doing anything and they're just talking about it and you know it's because they haven't they, they're still safe and they're still comfortable and so i think you have to put yourself similar to a boxer you have to put yourself in a in in an uncomfortable position you don't have to go, you know, become homeless and, and, and burn the bridges entirely, but you do need to put yourself in an uncomfortable position or else, you, you know, your, your back, if your back's against the wall, but the wall turns into a really comfy bed and it's king size bed and your really nice apartment, then are you really pressured, you know? Because mm-hmm. uh, part of me is like that pressure is really what cultivates that growth. But I think very similar to like the persistence question, it's a matter of, uh, it's such like the, there's no wrong, right answer. It's just time and place and context yeah and fear drives action yeah that's what people don't really understand um so yeah it's it's knowing the time to make that leap and then going all in Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. absolutely going all in yeah it's it's been just a wild ride like i i think back to like when i like quit my job i knew i wasn't going gonna go to college quit quit my job and i'm like and that was before before video stuff so that was i was building a drop shipping e-commerce store and i'm like i'm going all in on this and i did i was working 100 hour weeks and it was 
I was having fun. I was learning a lot, but it's not what I wanted to do. I yeah, knew yeah. like, okay, I needed to, I need to jump ship. I'm, I need to try something else. And then LinkedIn came and then yeah, the yeah. rest of the video history. That's incredible, man. Well, I'm glad you found your, uh, your right path and it's been cool to see the growth thus far and who knows what the hell we'll be doing, uh, 10 years from now, but likely it'll be very similar trajectory to where we're at right now. Just continued, right? Yeah, dude. I'm super, super grateful for, to have you as a, as a connection here. I'm, I'm super pumped that we finally get to sit down and chat in person. I'm super excited to just build a life with you. Yeah, let's build, do it. Build the next, next decade with you. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go out and change the world. This is the end of the episode and wanted to say thank you so much for making it to the end, which is super rare in an age of digital distraction and constant noise everywhere on social media. My only ask to you is to share this podcast with a friend if you think it was valuable to yourself. So that's all I got. Hope you enjoyed the episode and stay tuned for more weekly content going forward.